I'm glad my wife is back. Hey, listen, we are in the third week of, a, of our series on the glory of God. We've been talking about the topic of God's glory. We've talked about the story of his glory. And over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, we, we've talked about what is glory and, and how does the glory of God uh, become revealed in this earth realm and, and uh, how is God's glory revealed in us and, uh, and even the fact that we are carriers of his glory. Those are the, some of the things that we've reviewed over the last few weeks. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to pre-mark your Bibles to John chapter 15. We're going to use a couple passages of scripture today, but uh, we're going to start in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. I made this statement last week, um, and I want to say it again as it comes, as it relates to God's glory. God is purposefully and powerfully moving all of human history toward his desired end, and there is nothing that anyone can do to stop it. He will accomplish his purpose. He will accomplish his will. He will glorify himself. He will make his name great in the earth. There is absolutely nothing that we can do to stop it. But what we can do as carriers of his glory, we can either by choice choose to be vessels of honor for God as carriers of his glory, or we can get carried away in the wake of his will like everybody else. It's a choice. Remember last week I used the illustration of Hawaii and, and the wave. You guys remember that? And how that wave just crashed over me. And, you know, I, I thought maybe I might be able to, you know, withstand the, the force of that wave. But I was wrong. And that wave picked me up and, watch this now, tossed me onto the beach. It was carrying me up to the beach as long as I was participating with it. When I decided to get out of mom, that big old wave picked me up and tossed me on the beach. In much the same way... We, by our own choice, can choose to, to go with God and join him in what he's doing. He invites us to join him in what he's doing. And as followers of Jesus Christ, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we, the children of God, are, are co-laborers with him. We are participators. We are participants. We are partakers of his will in this earth. We get to do it by choice. God in his sovereignty has chosen to involve us in, in the work that he does as he moves throughout the earth to establish the greatness of his name. Man, God is all about making his name great. He's chosen us to be the carriers of his glory. Why? Because God wants to be great. Nothing wrong with wanting to be great if you're God. God wants to glorify his name in this earth, he wants to reveal to the entire world that he alone is God, that he alone is worthy of worship, that he alone is worthy of praise, that he alone is worthy to be glorified. And listen, God wants to work through you and I to make his name great in the realms of our influence. I was speaking to a group of, of prospective missionaries um, at a course that I taught last, last Monday, and I told them, I said, listen, not every one of you will be able to go overseas and be a missionary. 
But every one of you can be a light for the kingdom of God right in your place of influence. At home, at work, at the bus stop, at the store, wherever you go, God wants to glorify himself through you and make his name great through you. But we must choose to be co-laborers with him. Then I made this statement. I said, life is choice driven. And we will either be in the will of God or out of it by the choices that we make. I'm convinced more than ever before that God wants us to know his will for us. He wants us to know his will for us. He wants us to know his will for us so we can join him in his will for us as he works through us in this earth realm. And the more I look at scripture, the more I'm convinced of not only that, but God wants to reveal his plan to us like a close friend reveals his closest secrets to a special friend. Special things about them that just few people are privileged to hear. And so I've titled the message today, From Servant to Friend. From Servant to Friend. Psalms 25 from the Old Testament. I wanted to read that passage of Scripture. I believe, I think I said this in the, in the, in our, in the, um, ESV, but I think it's actually in the NLT because I like the way that it reads. Here's what I, here's what I have in my notes. Psalms 25, verses 12 through 14, it'll be up on the screen. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord, the friendship of the Lord. Everybody say friendship. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. Now look what Jesus says about that in John 15, beginning at verse 13. He says, greater love has no man, no one than this. I told you every now and then I go back to the King James and I just, I start quoting King James. But I'm reading out the ESV. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master, what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I've made known to you. Wow. You know, I have, I have several close friends. And each one of those close friends play a special role in my life. I have one close friend that there's a certain uh, area of my life that I let him into because in that area, he provides me sound counsel. And then I have another friend that I let into my life. And in that area of my life, they provide me with sound counsel. They get to know the secrets of my heart, and guess what? I get to know the secrets of their heart. There are certain secrets that can only and only will be shared between friends. God wants to be our friend. He wants us to know him like a friend knows a friend. There is a place 
in God that we can get to family where he will reveal to us his closest and deepest secrets as we reveal to him our closest and deepest secrets like a friend will reveal to a friend. You guys with me? I want you to flip back over to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. I want to give you an example of that. You know, I talked about Moses last week. Man, I have to tell you, the more I looked at the, the life of Moses, the more I realized just why God called that man a friend. Wow. When you have a chance, I want you to just go back through the book of Exodus. I believe it starts somewhere around the sixth chapter where you'll see the life of Moses step by step with his dialogue with God. It's rich, man. It's rich. If you have the 33rd chapter of, of Exodus, I want to pick it up at the seventh verse. And what's happened here is that the children of Israel have sinned against God. They've made a golden calf, an image to worship. God was, God was upset with them. They had fallen out of favor with God. And so God wouldn't even go into the camp in which they dwelt. And so Moses pitched a tent outside of the camp of Israel, and he called that tent the tent of meeting. And that would be the place where Moses would meet with God. Hmm. Let's pick it up at verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he, he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out of the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. And when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw that the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. And thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. Look at this part now. As a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. The Hebrew expression here, face to face, is an expression of relational intimacy. It's a relationship that Moses enjoyed with God. It's a relationship of reverence and awe, of respect for who God is on Moses' part. But yet it's a right relationship where God knows and understands Moses intimately. And Moses is beginning to know and understand God in a very intimate way. And so because of the nature of this friendship relationship, Moses is able to speak his mind in the presence of God without any fear of retribution. <laughs> you should... You should, you should go back and check out the dialogue between Moses and, and God. It's amazing. Okay, let me give you an example of it. In Exodus chapter, uh, chapter 32, beginning at verse 7, the Bible says that the people had turned to idol worship of the golden calf. 
And, and God tells Moses, he says, now listen, you're on the side of the mountain. He says, I need you to come down from the mountain. And then here's what he said. Your people who you brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Your people. Right? Now, I come from a big family. You know, every now and then, one of my family members will do something really funny or they'll do something really crazy. And you guys know what I'm talking about. You look at one of your other family members and say, that's your people. <laughs> Am I right? All right, what's this now? God is talking to Moses and he tells Moses, your people that you delivered out of Egypt are acting a fool. Straight talk, man. <laughs> Watch this though. Moses gives it right back to God. Man, you guys got to hear me on this. We can be so close in our relationship with God that we can talk to God like the patriarchs of old. You should study the scripture in, 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 in Psalms and look how, how, how David talked to God. One moment he was like, God, I love you so good. Holy, 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 holy. The next time it's like, God, I don't understand what you're doing, man. You let these people run all over me. Where are you at? You left me. You left me. God, you never leave me or forsake me. I know you won't. I know you won't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I repair in my heart. God, I hate these people. I hate them. Right? Straight talk. Everybody say straight talk. As a man would talk to a friend. Watch this now. I got so tickled when I read this. So God gave it to Moses, your people, right? Now look in, look in chapter 33, beginning at verse 12, how Moses talks to God. Moses talks straight to God. Now I'm just going to paraphrase. I'm going to use it in mind, but it's all in here, so I'm not, I'm not parsing out the word of God. It's not there. Moses talks straight to God. He said, man, you commanded me to lead these people. and You haven't even told me who you're sending with me. But tell me, you tell me I found favor in your sight. Tell me I found favor in your sight. Because if this is really true, help me to know you better. Show me what you want from me. After all, these are your people. <laughs> then he goes on and says, are you really going to be with me or not? Are you going to lead me all the way? Because if you're not going to lead me all the way, don't take me up out of this place. Mm. God replies, just, hey, man, don't be anxious, Mo. He said, man, listen, you don't have anything to fear. I'm going with you. And here's what Moses says to God. You got to hear this. He replies, your presence, your glory with us. Your glory in us is the thing that distinguishes us from every other people on the planet. Now listen, it might appear to you that Moses is changing the mind of God, but in reality it's, it's, it's God walking with Moses through his anxiety and fear to a place of total trust and friendship and reliance on him. Wow. It's a dialogue of openness and honesty between friends. Jesus tells us 
You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. You know, you may be like me and you might have some questions for God that you don't have answers to right now. It's not because God doesn't want to reveal those things to you. Let me ask you, how close is your relationship with God? Can he call you friend? When he talks to you, is it just like talking to a loved one on the phone? We have the benefit of caller ID now. You can look and you can see who's calling you. But if you didn't have caller ID, it wouldn't take you long to recognize the voice of your loved one because you're in proximity with them. In much the same way, God says, listen, I, I want to be a friend to you. I want to be so close and so intimate with you that when we talk, it's like talking to a friend. Come on, somebody. So is this kind of friendship possible for me, Pastor Greg? And if so, I want it. How do I get there? Well, first the answer is yes. It's certainly possible for you. And not only is it possible, I said it before, I'll say it again, it is God's expressed will for you to enjoy the same friendship that, he, that, that Moses enjoyed with him. The God we serve is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. Zach, if you can have a close friendship with God, I can have the same close friendship with God. God's not like some of us. Some of us only have a certain amount of bandwidth that we can be close with people. God can be close to everybody at the same time equally and not miss a beat. So don't worry about overtaxing God with your friendship. Some of y'all act like you say, I don't know if God, man, you know, I don't know, God. No, don't be scared. God is more than enough. I'd say more than enough for me. Now turn to the person next to you and say, God is more than enough for you. I want to know the will of God for my life like Moses did. How do I get there? The foundation for friendship with God is found in practicing these two principles with intentionality. I will say this until the day God calls me home because it has never changed and it will never change. The foundation for friendship with God is found in practicing these two principles with intentionality. First, the reading of his word. And second, daily prayer. If you want to get to know somebody, you've got to hang out in their space, man. Mm.
Help me, Jesus. Some of us want to have intimate relationship, but we don't want to do the things necessary for intimacy. Listen, listen, if I want to be intimate with my wife, I can't be intimate with my wife from this space over here. My wife said, amen, glory. You feel me on that? Man, intimacy requires proximity, and proximity with God requires getting to know him, and getting to know him requires getting in his word to know how he thinks, to know his character, to know his will. It's all written in this book. We have no excuse. Listen, somebody told me the other day, all you have to do is Google, Google Bible devotional apps, and you'll have 200 of them come up. There is no excuse for us not to be studying the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If I say no excuse, that's you. That's me too. The second way is prayer. Listen, when it comes to prayer, prayer is not a performance. Prayer is an honest, open, vulnerable dialogue between you and God. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites do. He said, they do it for a show, not you. Don't do, don't do like the hypocrites. Be like Moses. Just keep it honest. Just keep it real. Listen, God already knows who we are, right? He's never offended when we tell him the truth. So the only way to get intimate with God in prayer is through open honest dialogue with him about everything because he already knows everything about us he knows what I like he knows what I don't he knows what will overwhelm me he knows what will make me happy he knows what will stop me right in my tracks and he knows what will cause me what will blow wind in my sails to keep me moving on another day Jesus said it this way. He said, the Father knows what you need before you ask him. The fact that he knows what you mean, what you need before you ask him means that I, I don't even have to explain myself to God. I don't even have to explain myself to God. I can come to him just as I am. So prayer isn't about performing. It's not about duty before God so that he will hear me. It's about positioning myself so that I can hear him. So that I can be with him. Okay, watch this now. The Bible says, come to God just as we are, right? But now God is holy. And there are some things about us that God will accept just as we are. But don't expect to bring those same things to God a year from now. Because God is holy. There's a, there's a standard in God. And so in that, God expects us to grow. Peter tells us in 2 Peter, I think 3.15, I believe it's there. He says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to be growing. 
Prayer is not about working to get God's attention. It's about yielding to God and giving him mine. It's about aligning myself with God and his purpose for my life. It's not about trying to achieve some spiritual status so that God will be pleased with me. It's about aligning myself with his will. It's about coming to him just as I am. It's about worship. It's about being who I am in the presence of the great I am. No pretense, just as I am raw. And I said this last week, I'll say it again. You cannot get in the presence of God. You cannot be in the presence of God and remain the same. You will change. So get in the presence of God. Let God change you and watch God use you. Yeah? I want to close with this on this Super Bowl Sunday. I did pretty good, did I? Everybody say, yay, pastor, yay! Shame on you, you heathens. <laughs> no, just oh, yeah, all right, all right, just kidding. Listen, John Piper said this, uh, man, I, I, I love this saying. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Stand to your feet. And God is most glorified in us when we are in a friendship with him. Where we are satisfied with him. You know, I, my daughter has this saying, and I tell you, I believe it now. I don't know how this works in scripture, so I'm not trying to be theologically correct. But my daughter has this saying because of her relationship with God. She says, Dad, I don't know how or why, but Jesus has a crush on me. Our daughter. Yeah, our daughter. Jesus has a crush on me. Tell you something, man. That's my God. I'm telling you, man, my God has a crush on me. I hang out with him all the time. I'm in his face all the time. When I don't like something, I let him know. When he doesn't like something, he lets me know. He's not scared of me, and I'm not scared of him. I fear him. I reverence him. He's my dad, and he's my king, but he is my friend. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In the midnight hour when nobody else knows what's going on, God is right there. And he is not a respecter of persons, family. If God will, will allow me to be his friend in relationship, you can be his friend too. He wants to be your friend. There is, a relate, there is a song that says, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. If that's not you today and you want that to be you, you do not have to leave here feeling like you're on the outside looking in a relationship with God. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to, to just stop for just one more moment. And I want you to envision a, a spotlight. I want you to envision yourself on a stage in an auditorium where it's dark in the audience and a spotlight comes on in your center stage. And right now in your relationship with God, I want you to envision that that light is the light of the Holy Spirit. And in your spirit or with your words, I want you to ask God, where in my heart have I failed you as a friend? Because you've never failed me. I know I'm yours. I'm not worried about where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. My salvation is secure. But I want, I want it. A relationship of intimacy with you. And so I'm going to stand here on this stage. And allow you to shine the searchlight of the Holy Spirit on my heart. And if there's any area of my life. Where I have failed to surrender to you. I'm going to surrender that right now. You reveal. Through the light of your spirit. And I'll offer that to you, no pretense. And I promise you, every single time you do that, you will grow deeper and deeper in your intimacy with God. And you will grow deeper and deeper in love with him and he with you. It will happen. Father, thank you for your word today. Let your word settle on the rich soil of our hearts. Thank you for being our friend. A friend that sticks closer than any brother. And will be with us to the end. I pray that you take these, our church family, from this place but not from your presence and let the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide in them and with all of us until we meet again. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy your day.